Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you'll listen into each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, episode 31, I'm talking to Lisa Anderson, the founder of Grace's Table, which is an organization that serves young mothers ages 13 to 24 in the areas of spiritual exploration, parenting, adolescence, career, and education. Lisa founded the organization through a desire to serve young moms. That is an experience that is near and dear to her heart because she became pregnant at age 17. And as she made a life for her and her son, she had a knowing that someday she would wrap her arms around young women so that they know that they matter. You guys, Lisa is an incredible example of service, perseverance, and unconditional love. She invites young women, no matter what they bring to the table, to come into her home and sit at Grace's table. And my absolute favorite story she tells in the interview is how she found the actual table. It is such a great story, so listen for that. At that table, she and her staff and her volunteers make these young women feel listened to, feel capable, feel beautiful. There's just no other way to say it. Lisa is an example and an inspiration to me. She has taken the middle seat in the most impactful and gorgeous way. She's also working on a huge goal for Grace's Table. I'm talking huge, you guys, to secure an actual house for the women Grace's Table serves. The campaign is called A Space for Grace. I've linked all the information on how you can get involved in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. And I know you've heard me say this a million times and thought, yeah, we get it. Show notes, got it. I'm telling you this time, check them out. Giving to a space for grace, in my opinion, is one of the really rare opportunities for people of any faith, any political persuasion, any stance on pro-choice or anti-choice, literally any background. I think we can come together right here to lift women up. This is where we meet and this is where the magic happens. Empowered women who know their worth and their possibility can only benefit all of us. So as I said before, please check out A Space for Grace. There's a really cool video on all of their social media platforms that shows the actual house and the beautiful grounds where Grace's table will exist well into the future. And I know that if you listen to Lisa's words and you watch that video, you are going to be moved to get involved. You won't be able to help it. I'm telling you, this is also a really great time to share the podcast. Not only will it help other people find my little podcast, but it will also encourage more genuine connection in our community and it will get the word out about a space for grace. So tell your people, they need to know. All right, let's get to the interview. Here's my conversation with Lisa Anderson. Lisa, thank you so much for doing this. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. So I will have already told people a little bit about what you do and kind of what, how I found you, all of that kind of stuff. But talk a little bit about your current life, your current world, and how you got to Grace's Table. Sure. So I'm sure that's a short story, right? No big deal. Totally short story. And I was like, yeah, no. You can make it as or... short and as long as you would like. <laughs> okay, so go for it. Um, so a little bit of history. I uh, got pregnant at 17. Okay. So I was a young mom. I had just graduated from high school and was in my first semester of college, and um, went to a pregnancy resource center and found out that 
in fact, the reason I was feeling ill was because I was with child. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. So that was um, life-altering, to yeah. say the least, in trying to sort out um, what my next steps were as far as just letting my family know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um Right away, I, I knew that I was going to be parenting this child. That mm-hmm. was the option for me. Um, but how I was going to do that, I had no idea. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of um, uncertainty and a lot of emotions mm-hmm. in that time of life on top of just normal teenage emotions and hormones and yeah. then add pregnancy to that. And it's sure a recipe for, I don't even know. A lot of emotions. Yes. <laughs> Even more emotions. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, I was able to live at home with my dad for a couple years before um, he told us we had to move out. Okay. Um, so we had like, he gave us a two week notice and um, and that was wow. really hard. But like yes. his life was changing. Our life was changing. Um uh, We lived on someone's couch for a few months. Mm-hmm. Just couch surfing that was that was what I could do until I figured out where to go. Um, And so during that time, just recognizing I, one, so emotional because now you're a new mom Mm -hmm. and, and with a toddler, not knowing how to navigate, you know, people talk about terrible twos, but three will kick your butt three just as hard. It really know, is. Right? Yes. Um, I don't know how two got the rap it I does. Know. Because three, they have like they can make a plan. Right. They can formulate a plan. <laughs> and it can be against you. Yes. Which yeah. it's almost always against oh, you. My goodness. Yes. <laughs> so trying to sort that out, um, and just the emotions, the loneliness, the isolation, feeling yes. um coming from the background that I did, being very involved in church, not really knowing where I fit in that community anymore, um, mm-hmm. feeling judged by that community, mm-hmm. whether whether it was true judgment or perceived judgment, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter which one it was. The end result is I, I felt yeah um, kind of pushed out and like a lady without a country yeah. <laughs> at that point, like well, who sure. are my people? Um, and so, but there were there were solid people in that community that loved on me really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started thinking, if I'm experiencing this, there have got to be other women mm-hmm. that are experiencing this. And so I thought, someday I'm gonna walk with teen moms so that they don't have to yeah. be alone. Um, but the truth was, is I wasn't stable. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't like physically trying to, to stabilize as a family with a roof over our head and how do you make ends meet. Um, but then emotionally, there was a lot of healing and just growth as a, I mean, truly transitioning from adolescence into adulthood at a breakneck pace. Yes. Right. Um, which the ba- the brain doesn't actually move that quickly. Right. <laughs> so Whether you need to or not, it's right. not going to cooperate. Yeah. Yes. So several years went by. Um, I began a great career um, in finance with like a financial institution focusing on um, middle market commercial lending and real estate law um, and began to stabilize. And as my son got older, um, I started mentoring young moms. That was about eight years ago. Okay. So um, it was just a way to to dip my toes into this idea that I had had for so long of giving back to young moms and making sure that they had community. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. So five, fast forward or looking back five years ago, um, I had been mentoring moms for a little while and thought I saw that there were some bigger needs than just wanting to offer. I value um, spiritual education and providing safe spaces for moms to explore spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, But knowing that there was so much more, there was a lack of stable housing, a lack of education, Mm -hmm. um, even just learning how to navigate what resources were available to them. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I should buy a house and sure uh, right as yes. as one does <laughs> and um so there wasn't a house I thought I'll find a six-bedroom home and move some moms in and we'll do yeah. life right um instead I purchased a three-bedroom home on the northwest side mm-hmm. that's three houses down from the bus stop had easy access for moms to come um and just have dinner and so 
um, a couple months after moving into the home, I just sent out a Facebook message. Thank you, Facebook. Yes, for real. <laughs> um, and like to 100 teen moms and said, you know what, I'm going to make spaghetti dinner this Friday. And if you want to come, you'll have a spot to have dinner and just be together with other women. Yes. Um, and so we started with one mom and one little boy that night. Aww. And um, that was the beginning of a lot of change in my life. Yeah. Um, let's see. The first year we served about 53 families. And that okay. was in addition to me working my full-time career and um, then rushing home to make dinners for moms. Oh, my and gosh. It was the most beautiful mayhem yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, and so then... I was like, this is this is growing in my vision for providing stability, education, housing, all of those things was still there. Mm-hmm. And so I created the business side of things, officially incorporating as a nonprofit 501c3, um, and then inviting people from the community to participate and really wrap their arms around um, this population that mm-hmm. they are our families, they're our neighbors, they're our friends, our family members. Yeah. Um, and so we can link arms and create a difference for them. Now, had you experienced being at a table? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that occur to you? So... <clears throat> The importance of the table for me, um, I had a great childhood, um, stable family. Um, I knew what I was coming home to until I was 15. Okay. And then when I came home, my mom said she was leaving. And it felt like a fracture in the foundation of what I had known as safety. Yes. And so when this is when I actually moved out on my own and we got our, my son and I got our first apartment. Mm -hmm. He had a bed and I had a blow up chair, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. (laughs) Um, But that's the furniture that we started with. And the next piece for me that I knew we needed was a table because while my family didn't look like what I had envisioned for so many years, I knew that we needed to have a place to anchor us as Mm -hmm. a family. And so that really became something of value for us knowing that we had a place to come to where you could talk about your day I mean everything happened at the table yeah you know it was like the center of our home Mm -hmm. um and so I had uh always wanted a lot of children and to be married and so I thought okay I'm gonna buy a giant table Mm -hmm. and this is what we're gonna do and so one day uh, we went garage sailing and I found this table with two leafs and eight chairs mm-hmm. and I just knew that was the table for us. Um, but it was way too much money. Yeah. And so I asked the lady, I'm like, would you come down on your price at all? And she wanted to know why. And so I told her that I value gathering around the table and sharing life. And she drew me in close and said, for 60 years I've sat at this table with my kids and their kids. And we've done just that. And if you promise to do that, Mm -hmm. I'll give it to you for what you have. And her name was Grace Adams. Oh, my gosh. I could weep right here. It was like truly Grace's table that started. You know, she impacted my life as a young mother. Yeah. And she has no idea. She was in her 80s, you know, 20 years ago um, when she did this. But that single act of kindness has changed the trajectory of so many people's lives. And so it's changed generate. Like, she will never know the legacy um, of that single act of kindness. And so I thought I didn't have a lot as a young mom. But I started to just extend that to my community wherever we were at. Was that church or work friends? to say you can come to our table and there will be something yeah that could just again be spaghetti but it was a central place to say you you can have a seat at this table and in gathering is important yeah yeah oh my gosh I love that story that's phenomenal I do think people think it has to be more I think sometimes yeah um and really that's all you need it's like you don't need a table you can just sit around in a circle but Um, the table helps, and a little a little schmackerel of food, and right. it's just magic. Right, yeah. it is. Because I think it's the power of connect, of connecting, right? Yes. Um, we talk about that even with the moms that we serve. Like, not everybody has a kitchen table, 
but you sit somewhere and and that could just be in your floor but it's saying that there's space for you here and yeah. it it just shows that we value one another mm-hmm. that your life experiences your ideas your thoughts matter to mm-hmm. to me to this world to our future mm-hmm. um and and to tell someone that they're welcomed into space and community provides a sense of belonging mm-hmm. and within that there's such power that's created such identity yeah um yeah, it's it's not about what you have. And I learned that, like, having nothing, yeah. really. I mean, starting with hardly anything. Um, it wasn't about what we had. It was about what we could offer. Mm-hmm. And and so, and that's really how Grace's Table started. It was, okay, well, we have a home now. Yep. So I want my home to be your home. Mm-hmm. So our door is open to you. I love that. I think another stumbling block that people sometimes have is, um, like you said, you started mentoring teen moms or Mm -hmm. just opening up your door. And people think, well, I can open up my door all day long, but there might not be anyone to walk through it. Like how you actually Mm -hmm. put the vibe out or the word out that you are a space to welcome people. Have you heard of the turquoise table? I haven't. It's so it's... um, I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard this woman on a podcast a couple of times. I'll link to it. I'll find her name in okay. the show notes. But she, I think, moved to a new area mm-hmm. and got a picnic table and painted it turquoise okay. and put it in her front lawn mm-hmm. and would just sit out there because yeah, she wanted that. to, like, make friends, essentially. Right. Right. And people would just come. Right. Like, you just... Yeah. She just sat at her invitation. So now it's become a thing. You can actually mm-hmm. get a turquoise table. There's like a specific paint that like I the turquoise. It. And of course you don't need any of that. But right. um, and she wrote a book about the turquoise table and what it created mm-hmm. in her neighborhood and all of that. But how did you go about like actually finding bodies to come yeah. into your space? So I had been mentoring young moms through another program in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had developed relationships through that program. Mm-hmm. And then by going into schools had also created relationships gotcha. that way. Um, and really once, I mean, most of us have this, right? Once you've created a friend, you have a friend for life, yes. right? Like be good to one another. Yes. And, um, and so then they would just tell their friends. So it was a lot of word of mouth, like from it. mom to mom. And then, um, you know, as you talk with, with each other, finding out, you know, what is it that you do and what field are you in? And, um, and then they're like, you work with teen moms. Oh my goodness. Can we refer teen moms to you? Right. So it just kind of, yeah, you know, it's a snowball effect. Um, but I would say even, so if somebody is looking to figure out like, well, how do I open my table? Like, mm-hmm. how do I invite people to my table? I don't know anybody. Start by looking at who is near you, who mm-hmm. is in close proximity. Is it a coworker? Is it a neighbor? Is it your mailman? I mean, like mm-hmm. seriously, and it doesn't have to be that you're inviting them in for dinner, but it's it's intentionally seeking people out Yeah. in a way that says, I see you yes. and you matter. And that, I don't know, that unites us in a way that, you know, it breaks down barriers. Yeah. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be known. Yes. Um, And those simple acts of kindness are the ones that speak the most volume. Mm -hmm. I mean, like like Grace Adams, she had no idea Mm -hmm. the impact that she was going to have on our world Mm -hmm. that day that she sold me her table. Mm -hmm. And it has... It's changed my life. It's changed hundreds of young moms and children's lives. Yeah. So So I think um, when we first met, I was like, I didn't know you existed. So I'm yeah. probably not. And I've lived in Grand Rapids my whole life. Um, and I'm a social worker. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm at least a little bit connected yeah. to resources in the area. Um, so I'm sure there are other people that are out there going, I did not know this existed. And I sometimes think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the the world of teen moms is, first of all, underserved, mm-hmm. but is there something about that population that feels like extra hard or extra complicated? Mm-hmm. Like why you are doing work in this sphere, but it seems like there should be a lot more of mm-hmm. you, you yeah. know, yeah. because there's so much need. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the work? makes people either get into it as a mentor and then go, whoa, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like the messy complicatedness of it. I think 
with anything, there can be um, a fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't look like my life. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. I'm not going to have the answers. Yeah. So a lot of fear that can be generated internally that creates a barrier for us to engage with people who are experiencing different things in life than, than we are or have different backgrounds. Um, the, the barriers and um, obstacles that many young moms and dads face mm-hmm. Are there are significant obstacles mm-hmm. that they face, and that can feel really scary um, to somebody who's never walked in that space. Sure. And I think um, it's one of the things that that we hope to do well, that we we think we are doing well at Grace's Table, is um, making sure that anybody who's volunteering in any capacity, whether it's mentorship or teaching or taking care of kids that they're not doing it alone, but that they have a system of support through myself, through our um, counselors, people that they, it's not about having all the answers. Yeah. Sorry, there we go, there's yeah. the answer. It's a fear of not having the answers. For sure. And, and the truth is, is I don't have all the answers all the time, but that's why there's experts like you in the social work field or um, our LPC who teaches classes and and has experience outside of what I do. But the important thing is remembering that we all have something to bring to the table. Yes. And we can lean on each other to create the network of support that young families need. Mm -hmm. So, and it is, it's a turbulent time of life. Just adolescence in general is, and then you put children in the mix and that's a, it's another layer. And so that can feel overwhelming to people at times. Yeah. But I think again, creating a network of support for the mentors as well as the moms really help um, us partner well. Yeah. Yeah. And I would imagine if people get involved and stay for any amount of time, it probably boils down to they need time. It's time. Yeah. Inconsistency, probably. Yeah. So, you know, just showing of, up. Yeah. Most of our, um, everything that we do at Grace's Table is driven from a relational standpoint. So there's not, not to say that there aren't opportunities for a one-time volunteer opportunity, mm-hmm. but most everything is pretty consistent. It's twice a month mm-hmm. um, because we're building relationships, we're building trust, trust, we're learning how to advocate for families. And you can't do that if you just pop in once yeah right now all that to say you could prepare a meal for us one time you know like there are lots of opportunities but anytime you're gonna do something in life you choose where you're gonna make a sacrifice with your time yeah right and it's saying if family matters to you Mm -hmm. if strengthening community matters if investing in children matters to you then yes, I'm willing to sacrifice or adjust or be inconvenienced two hours, you know, every other week, four hours a month. Um, which for some, that doesn't seem like a ton. Yeah. And for others, when you hear two hours of my time, where am I going to fit that in? I, I'm busy. I have a family. I have lots of things going on. But again, we have to go back to what do we value and what matters to us. Mm-hmm. And if this is what it is that resonates with your heart Mm -hmm. then you will find a way to say okay yep two hours a week this is what I'm gonna do yeah so it's it's adjusting yeah and that families the dynamics and families change all the time but knowing like yes for one year we're gonna commit to mentoring a mom yeah and maybe it's just for one year now we've been very fortunate that we don't have a high turnover rate so we have several people who have been um, serving with Grace's Table for like two to four years. Mm-hmm. It has become part of their personal family community. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love that. that mm-hmm. It's not just something they go to, but it's it has truly become a piece of who they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's yeah. lots of... Yeah, you got to decide where you're going to put your time. And I would imagine this resonates with lots of people. And once you're in there and you're mm-hmm. super invested with moms, one mom or multiple moms, then right. that's going to bring you back too because yeah. you want her to succeed and her kiddos to yeah that's awesome I also think that um as I was thinking about this interview it seems for me I'm sure there's people out there that would disagree with me but um what an excellent place of uh like in the Venn diagram of people that are like super anti-choice super pro like this is where we can meet absolutely 
is women mm-hmm. parenting children. Like, yes. we, everyone, I would imagine, wants that to flourish. Right. So what a cool place where mm-hmm. I think there's very little places where people feel like they can meet on that bridge. Yeah. And this feels like one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't. Do you yeah. hear that from? Um, yeah, we have we have people that love what we do that have very opposing political yeah. views or um, religious views, things like that. But yes. but really, what it comes down to for so many is that they value um, value value raising up women, strengthening yeah. women, and providing children with the experience to flourish and to have a great start in life. Yes. Um, and no matter where you stand on that spectrum, um, your life has probably been impacted somewhere. I mean, you were a child. Yep. You p- possibly you are a woman. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you're a mom or but you've had a mom, right? Like all right. of these things connect with you at some point in your life. Um, and so we find commonality commonality through that. Not everyone that serves or works at Grace's Table was a teen mom that just happens to be part of my story. Yeah. Um, but many women that come to us and say, I want to get involved, it's because they've had their first child and they're like, holy moly, yes. I have a whole community of support. I have, you know, I've got my partner, I've got their family, I've got my family, I have, you know, this communal support and yet I'm still struggling. Mm-hmm. So if that's my scenario, then a young mom who maybe doesn't have a familial support, or doesn't mm-hmm. have a support of a partner, um, how much harder? So it resonates strongly yeah. with people that like, okay, we can see where this is needed. Mm-hmm. And then they prioritizing, they prioritize getting involved where they can yeah. in that space. So, I just love finding those places yeah. that can bring people that Bridging feel that really gap. disparate mm-hmm. together. I just think yeah. that's so fantastic. Yeah. So I'm sure you have a million examples of like a woman that's come mm-hmm. through Grace's Table that has spent time there and started out at a really rocky place and yeah. has found her footing. Mm-hmm. Do you have somebody that comes to mind that you can talk oh, yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. So we just shared a story um, about Chelsea, who it's so great. Actually, today is her first day volunteering with Grace's Table. Oh, how cool. So um, she started with us oh, two and a half years ago, maybe, and, and just graduated. So we serve moms between the ages of 13 and 24. Okay. And then they graduate. And the, and the goal would be that they have come to a place where they would want us to be able to say, I value what I've received here and I want to ensure that other moms are able to experience that and now I can give back because you gave to me. So, mm-hmm. so it's like the paying it forward piece. Love it. Um, so when Chelsea um, started coming to Grace's table, um, she was struggling with a lot of depressions, like paralyzing social anxiety. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she couldn't hold eye contact or have really conversations and, and, and that was, but she kept showing up, yes. right? Um, and her and her little guy, they were they were like glue, like Velcro, just together. Um, and she talks about um, she just kept coming back and was so grateful that even though she wasn't really participating, mm-hmm. that she still knew she was welcomed. Yes. Um, and she had experienced a lot of postpartum depression and feeling isolation, and did inpatient programming with Pine Rest. Um, but then through her connection with Grace's Table, we were able to um, provide professional ongoing counseling through Third Chair of Grand Rapids. Okay. And it was there that she really started working through the social anxiety and depression that she just experienced on a daily basis. And she is a different person today uh, than she was when she walked through our doors. Yeah. Um, the way that she contributes to community and conversation and talks so freely about postpartum depression and, mm-hmm. and, and normalizes it so that moms know, I can talk about this. Like, the girl is a powerhouse. She's, the woman yeah. is amazing. Uh, um, I love it. it gives me so, chills. Yeah, so she she shared in her kind of interview that we did with her last week just um, that graduating from Grace's Table is the second thing that she's ever graduated from, mm-hmm. and she feels so empowered by that. Um, and now she wants to give that to other moms. And she talks about, which maybe we'll touch on this, we are working to secure a new location that we're calling Space for Grace. Yes. And when she talks about Space for Grace, she's 
she talks about um, opening our arms to a vulnerable population mm -hmm. and for her that's just so inspiring that she gets to be a part of it mm -hmm. and we're like Chelsea, we're so inspired by you yeah like you are our inspiration for saying yes we're ready to take the next step we have to do this yeah um so that's you know just one little story oh my gosh there's hundreds and thousands of those yes yeah, she's amazing and she'll just like change she'll just set the world on fire right i mean exactly. it's just beyond exactly the yeah. ripple effects that that will yes. have yes. and her kid mm -hmm. and like oh, oh absolutely oh yeah so fantastic um, yeah, let's talk about Space for Grace. So um, when I was reaching out to you, I found your video of the new space, the literal space that mm -hmm. you are wanting to secure. Yeah. Um, and it's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So talk about why that matters, why yeah. that was important. Um, the beauty of it, yes. why the beauty matters. Um, so a real quick answer is why why shouldn't it matter yes. right like i think so often in life we're like oh well that's good enough yeah and i don't want to operate out of a good enough standpoint yeah. but the women and children that we serve they deserve to know that they matter that the best is something that they should have yeah and within a space of beauty and natural um yeah, natural beauty. There's just an abundance of natural green space there that um, speaks to the soul. We were out there yesterday at the property. There's three and a half acres of heavily wooded land surrounding a 6,000 square foot home where moms will come for community group and training, but also um, to have residential resources where moms can live on site for 12 to 18 months. So great. And at a meeting that we had there yesterday, um, some people just came, they arrived for the meeting and they said, I can't believe how much calmer I feel just being here, but it's providing a setting, a peaceful setting that allows you to become grounded and yes. connected. And, um, and we value that. We want to give the best to whoever we encounter mm -hmm. so that they can have that opportunity to truly let the dust settle, mm -hmm. let the anxiety settle, um, to hopefully come out of that fight or fight probably said that backwards but out of that what you mean. phase yes <laughs> um so that they can start thinking about what does it look like to have hope yeah what does it look like to accomplish i can really have goals that i could achieve i could have a healthier whole future for my family mm -hmm. um it's creating possibilities and hope that allows their mind to expand of of what is actually possible yes so oh i love yeah. it I think we've all been in worked in spaces like mm -hmm. I don't know I've always worked in hospitals so they always stick the social workers in like the basement cubbies and oh, <laughs> and um I want to give you beautiful space <laughs> I know. and you know when you walk into other spaces of the hospital right. that have been made very beautiful mm -hmm. it just um yeah it gives you a chance to be like oh there's right. the outside there's sunshine right. there's a beautiful sculpture there's you can a take a deep breath yeah which we know so much more about breathing now and how important that is, right? Yeah. You can't do that if you're not in a I mean, environment is everything. Yes. is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you're actively, very actively, raising funds. Very actively toward this funds. dream. Yes. So talk a little bit about like that specifically okay. because it's big. Yeah, it's huge. Yes. Um, so the purchase price of the home itself is $1.35 million. Mm -hmm. And we're raising a little bit beyond that mm -hmm. to cover our setup costs and the ongoing expenses to sustain the property for the first couple of years because then we will be building out our endowment for ongoing um, stability of the, of the project. Um, but the home is $1.35 million. And that's a huge amount of money. It's not mm -hmm. anything that you know, probably you or I can wrap our heads around. Yep. Um, but the beauty of that is that it gives the opportunity for the community as a whole to step up and say, if this is something that matters to mm -hmm. you and me and our future, then I'm going to invest what I have. And mm -hmm. as we come together, that's how it will become possible. It will be a community of support making this happen. Yeah. Um, and so just one of the beautiful spaces of where this started was with a teen mom 
giving $2.80 because that's the money that she had. She's like, this is all that I have, but I know how important having stable housing, what that means to a young mom, Mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that somebody else has it. And so I'm like, how can I not give? Right. How can I not give? It's not the size of the gift, and we want people to give and give generously. That was the the meaning behind that gift. Yeah. Is huge. Yeah. Right? Um, so I would say to your listeners, be encouraged and give. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if strengthening West Michigan families or strengthening families in general is something that matters to you, if um, early childhood support and education and health is something that matters to you, if adolescence is what resonates with you or pregnancy support, um, if those things touch you or if your life was impacted by a teen mother, your grandmother, your mom, maybe mm-hmm. it was you or your sibling. If that is something that's touched your life, then I encourage you to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just if the world feels a little out of control yeah. and you feel like there's no bright spot mm-hmm. or there's no, like it just feels all like it's going to heck in a handbasket. Right. I give, I don't always give to very focused ways. Like right. I wish I could say that I always do. Yeah. But every once in a while, it just feels good yeah. to just be like, you know what? I'm going to throw 50 bucks right. at this. And right. it, for, it just lights your whole right. week right. knowing that you did right. that thing. And you put a little something toward making the world feel a little better right. for you and a whole bunch of other well, people. And to put that in perspective, like a $50 donation um, would be two square feet yes. of the property, right? Cool. So like to know that you could come and stand on two square feet of yes. that property and know that that is an investment you made that changed somebody's life. Yeah. That's, it's huge. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, I don't know how I want to answer this question, but it feels like it would be hard to walk around with this big thing saying, I need to raise this. And I know it's not just you, Lisa Anderson, walking around with this. Like, right. There's a million people behind you, but you're certainly leading the charge yeah. and have for a long time. Mm-hmm. What makes what makes you keep going without feeling like, oh my gosh, the pressure? <laughs> um, how do yeah. you keep hopeful um, so i have a deep faith in god mm-hmm. and um and so just real honest there's a verse in deuteronomy 31 verse 6 that i think it's verse 6 it says part of it says the lord your god will personally go before you mm-hmm. and it talks about don't fear be courageous and don't fear yeah and i'm like this is so much bigger than me yeah that i do have to draw it's like it's only in my mind, it's only possible through God. Yeah. And so I lean on my faith yeah. and I know that I have to do my part yeah. and I can't, here's a double negative for you. I can't not do what I'm doing. Yeah. There's, I, I don't see, you know, where it will come together. And so, yes, I'm meeting with foundations. I'm meeting with you. I'm meeting with churches. I'm meeting with organizations um, because I have to see this happen Mm -hmm. for our community. Mm -hmm. This will be a beacon of light and something that our community is known for, that we're saying yes. Mm -hmm. We're saying yes that you matter in investing in our young people and our children. So so I am sleeping at night. Um, I'm not not super (laughs) angsty about it. I, um, I just know when you know what you're supposed to be doing, then you go after it. Yeah. And um, and so I am yeah. with, with everything that I have. This is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's incredibly inspiring. I know that's not necessarily your intention, but it very much is. I think people that have something that's kind of in them to, to do and they mm-hmm. get paralyzed by the bigness of whatever right. it is, that you're an example that mm-hmm. if you keep showing up mm-hmm. and you lean on whatever your motivation is, right. your faith, whatever that might be, and just keep showing up, yeah. um, big things will happen. Yeah. They really will. Yeah. I love it. Anything else that I'm missing about the space for grace or anything you also want to make sure you've said? Um, I would just share where you can go to learn more, actually see yes. our property. If you visit um, 
www.gracestable.com backslash growth. Okay. Um, you can click on our video and you can actually see this beautiful property. Um, and that's where you could give as well to say, yes, this matters to me. Love it. And I will link to that, of course, in the show Wonderful. notes so people can find it and follow you on all the socials and you do fantastic Facebook lives. I know you love doing those, I'm sure. Um, But you do a good job. Something like that. Keeping people updated and informed and involved. And I like that. Thank you. Um, So there's a few questions that I ask people at the end. No pressure. I'm in the hot seat now. (laughs) It's not a lightning round or anything. Um, Phone a friend. (laughs) So um, I always ask people, because my intention with the podcast is to connect people where they might not have already felt connected to make those connections. What are ways, and we've talked about the table kind Mm, of idea, mm -hmm. anything else that comes to mind about if people are seeking more genuine connection, what they could do to make that happen? You know, we there was an event earlier this week, and, and there was lots of people, and we were at a local brewery, and, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of buzz happening, <clears throat> and a woman shared her story of her husband battling ALS with me. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and she, in that space, just shared some really tender things that were happening, Mm-hmm. And even though all of this stuff was going on around us, mm-hmm. I needed to stop and just connect with her. Yeah. And so I would say, I mean, she's already like changing my life just in two days of knowing her. Um, I think it's taking the time to look to seek people out. Yeah. We're all busy. Yep. Everybody is running from one thing to the next. But mm-hmm. where are you creating margin in your life mm-hmm. to say, okay, actually, I do need human connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's pause and do that. And so I think for me, it was just like, oh, in the midst of all of the busy, I mean, it was, it was busy where yeah. we were at. But in that moment, it was her and I. Yes. Right? Connecting. And all of the rest of it fades away. And I'll tell you that, well, I wanted her to know that she was seen and heard. Yeah. I felt seen and heard yes. in that moment. So I think I would just encourage your listeners, like, look for the opportunities to seek others out. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it means that you have to put put a pause on your day for five minutes. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. And you're both going to benefit yeah. in huge ways. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Well, speaking of seen and heard, that is one of my questions too, because I think especially people that are outward focused helper mm-hmm. type people, yeah. a lot of times we're not the people in the room that um, are necessarily genuinely seen or heard. Mm-hmm. What places or types of people make you feel that way? And maybe for you, give you like true respite or yeah. rest. Yeah. Um, you know, it's somebody that's saying, do you want to come over and have a glass of wine? Yeah. Right? Where it's just uh, not all of the people are present. Yep. You know, it, it could be one-on-one is great or even like three people gathering. Like that feels, um, it gives me a chance. It gives me a chance to let the dust settle. Yeah. Right? For my breathing to sync up and... Um, allows me to share about my life in an environment that feels um, safe and secure and where vulnerability is honored and respected. Um, yeah, it's those small, it's those small moments mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, yeah, give, yeah. give me life. Yeah. And you don't have to show up as like Lisa Anderson, right. executive director <laughs> and all the yeah. things, you know, yeah. no, Lisa um, Anderson, hot mess. <laughs> Just come in. That's like perfect. Drink the wine, sit on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, So that kind of leads into the next one as well. So I like to ask people if someone saw you across the room or saw you on TV or, and that's all they had to go Mm. on, what are they getting wrong maybe? Mm. Um, Or what are they missing? Yeah. This is this is such a hard question. I know, right? And people probably hate it, but I think well, people have the best answer. But it's good. I think sometimes people will say things to me like, um, or make assumptions that you've got it all together, or it's just going so smoothly. Yeah. And they don't see always the work that went in behind it, or yeah. that 
I mean, particularly because my personal story goes so much hand in hand with what I'm doing Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you could say that, that this started when I was 17 or that really when I was 30 and I felt a disconnect from the work that I was doing and I started to say, okay, what matters to me Mm -hmm. and doing this really intense personal work and and seeking out counselors and coaches to help me navigate those spaces. Yeah. Um, It's been 12 years of sometimes really grueling work, um, sometimes really thankless work. Yeah. Um, and, and you just aren't here. And, and not that like I've arrived or anything like that, but I yeah. think sometimes when people see like a 30 second snapshot, they, they assign all of these storylines to it. Right. Yes. And I'm always like, I'm a regular lady. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out life still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. Yeah. There's capacity building that has gone on for many years in time. order to do the work that you do. Right. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I think people do forget that. Yeah. A lot of times. I like that. Um, okay. I think the last one's the easiest. Okay. One. Let's hope. <laughs> Favorite things. Oh, I feel like people can very easily, like, it's kind of a little beginning door mm-hmm. to connection sometimes yeah um just people resonate with other people's favorite things yeah so what are you loving in the midst mm-hmm. of this kind of very busy season what lights you up these days oh what lights me up well not necessarily in the midst of these days but i will get to that diet coke charcuterie trays okay and charcuterie boards and <laughs> uh lazy rivers are pretty much my favorite thing. Really? Because, um, you know, putting together a charcuterie board and having a few friends over is a great space to just connect and just be who you are. Yes. And a lazy river with a book is like my dreamland because I get to just kind of be in my own world. Yes. And there's something about water and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but in I the... I love <laughs> those answers. My goodness. In the midst of this season um, of, you know, just building and growth, um, I would say, what is it again? Things that I love? Yeah. Or that give me life? Mm-hmm. I would say one... Um, taking a, taking an hour every week to meet with my counselor. Yeah. Actually, it like really gives me space to kind of break down what's going on. It puts a pause on everything and allows me to truly look at myself. Yes. Um, because sometimes in this work, it's so outward focused that you forget. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that has been very life giving to me in this season. And. <laughs> I don't, I'm just, I'm having so much fun with people in our community. Like really that has been something that I've loved is the different events that are happening and seeing people step up with whatever their business is. Um, Like even coming here today that you've said this matters Mm -hmm. and we want to give you an opportunity to share. I'm meeting so many great people Mm -hmm. and that, um, yeah, it does something for your soul. It really does. Right? Yeah. So. I know when I started the podcast, I'm not a generally um, outgoing person. Mm -hmm. I seem like it on the podcast just because I do better one-on-one, but it forces me to ask people to be on the podcast. And that just has led one thing led to another. You make all these connections and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many cool people doing so many cool things. And they're all like interconnected in a hundred different ways. And yeah, it just can't, you just can't help but be lit up by it all. I think it, it opens up our world where sometimes we can become so egocentric or like, or feeling closed off, Yeah, you know, and, and these opportunities remind, it reminds you that you're not alone, that other people are in the trenches with you or doing really cool things. Um, and it's always, yeah, there's always so much connection. That's really life giving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so appreciative that you were willing to do this. Um, I loved learning more about Grace's Table and Space for Grace. I will, um, like I said, link to everything so people can follow you and follow the progress. And when you cut the ribbon at the new house, they can follow along. Um, I'm just so appreciative that you exist in this Mm. community and um, all the women that you serve exist. I just... It's fantastic. Well, thank um, you. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
those people whose presence just lifts you up. She is an absolute expert in making people feel like they matter. I know I was the one interviewing her, but she certainly made me feel like I was the most important thing in her very busy day. And I know that she does that for everyone she comes in contact with. I just love her to bits. And I'll tell you, I don't know Lisa well, but I think we probably differ in some aspects of our belief systems or background, but I'm also going to tell you, I don't think it matters. What matters to me is that she is the type of person that I want to cheer on. Anyone who is for connection, empowerment, selflessness, beauty, well, I want to link arms with those people any day. I also love so much how she talked about a knowing that she was meant to impact the lives of young mothers, even as she was muddling through the complicated reality of being a young mother herself. She's always been a visionary and continues to call herself, her organization, and this community to higher and better. And I think it's really important that we know that we can have a vision, we can work toward that vision, even when our lives aren't perfect. We're never going to arrive to the perfect time to work on that thing that we are called to do. Right now is the time, even in the mess, in the midst of the mess and the craziness, we can be making the steps toward whatever that thing is that's been really nudging at us to find our purpose. I've heard Lisa talk about her dream for a space for grace many times. And I know that sometimes when we hear people with big goals, we think, well, isn't that just the most precious pie in the sky little goal? Like that is never going to happen. But I am telling you, Lisa and Grace's table will reach their goal. There's no way around it. I could not be more certain. I know this because at the center of this goal, is a grounded certainty that young women need to inhabit this gorgeous space so that women leaders of tomorrow can be born. I'm just downright giddy about it. I'm going to tell you, please give to a space for grace and share this story. I'll tell you what, at the end of every episode, we talk about favorite things and there's just a favorite thing that I forgot to mention. So I'm going to talk it in here at the end. I meant to tell you all that I'm going to need you to notice Lisa's eyeliner game. It's one of my favorite things. She is gorgeous. And that eyeliner, well, that is downright inspirational. We can all aspire, Miss Lisa. It's so rad. I know that was a little off topic, but I just had to share. There's some major eyeliner happening, and I love it. You're a stunner, Lisa Anderson, and that's all there is to it. All right, my friends, my listeners. I hope that you were moved to get involved. Take that middle seat. You are going to find your big dream and your magic right there. All right, I'll be back soon to take the middle seat.